Curse of Frankenstein, a movie which truly started it all, for Hammer in particular, and for British horror movies in general. I'm Stephen Archibald, and welcome to my film podcast. More than a hundred years ago, in a mountain village in Switzerland, lived a man whose strange experiments with the dead have since become a legend. A legend that is still told with horror the world over. We've only just started. Just opened the door. But now's the time to go through that door and find what lies beyond it. But don't you see, Paul? We've discovered the source of life itself and we've used it to restore a creature that was dead. This is Frankenstein, who revolted against nature who experimented with the devil and was forever cursed. His unwilling collaborator was Paul Kremp. I can't prove you murdered, but I can stop you using his brain. Why, he has no further use for it? Be careful! Go down it! Hello. Welcome to my podcast, They Came From Within. Cult movie reviews. Hammer of the Gods, The Gods of Hammer, the Curse of Frankenstein, 1957. Although Hammer Film Productions had been making movies since the 1930s, it did not become world-renowned until the late 1950s, with the unleashing of three back-to-back horror classics from its stables. The Curse of Frankenstein in 1957, Dracula in 1958, and The Mummy in 1959 making superstars of Peter Cushing and Christopher Lee. Funnily enough, in all three films, Cushing was cast as the human and Lee as the monster. Mary Shelley's literary masterpiece Frankenstein, first published in 1818, had been filmed a few times before, the most famous example being Universal's 1931 classic starring Boris Karloff. What with it being about an obsessive, deeply amoral scientist defying God by creating an artificial man and thereby igniting catastrophic consequences, the source material was just perfect for cinematic adaptations. It goes without saying that Peter Cushing is magnetic on screen as the arrogant baron Victor Frankenstein and the great Christopher Lee manages to elicit our sympathy with his portrayal of the dangerous yet tormented creature. What's ironic yet oddly significant is that Cushion and Lee had never met before joining up on the Frankenstein set. Sure, there are at least three prior movies in which they both appeared on the same bill, but they never crossed paths during the making of them. The two men got on famously chatting and joking between takes. And I just have to include here one of the legendary exchanges between them. Christopher stormed into Cushing's dressing room and exclaimed, I've got no lines. To which Peter wittily replied, You're lucky, I've read the script. Come now, Peter. Jimmy Sankster's script wasn't so bad. The Curse of Frankenstein was Sankster's third script for Hammer, or for anyone else at this stage. Prior to this one, he wrote the script for the 29-minute featurette, A Man on the Beach, 
1955, and then penned the Leslie Norman directed Ex the Unknown in 1956. Sangster didn't just write several other high-profile Hammer screenplays, he also directed three movies for them, The Horror of Frankenstein, Lust for a Vampire, and Fear in the Night, with all three featuring his friend Ralph Bates. At an earlier stage, the film was going to be called Frankenstein and the Monster, and it was a certain Milton Zabotsky who first wrote a Frankenstein screenplay for Hammer. With Max J. Rosenberg, Zabotsky went on to form the rival company Amicus in the 1960s. With Hammer fearing being sued by Universal, if their work in any way resembled the 1931 original, many drastic changes were made, including changing the scriptwriter. This pressure from Universal proved to be a blessing for the British company. Having intended to make the picture in black and white, they ended up filming it in beautiful Eastman colour, a cinematic first for the creature. And, unlike the American version, Hammer's Frankenstein was set in the same time period as Mary Shelley's novel. The striking Hazel Court appears in the movie as Victor's cousin and bride-to-be Elizabeth. Hazel only made two films for Hammer, this and The Man Who Could Cheat Death in 1959. And yet, her elegance and charisma made her one of the company's greatest female stars. In a touching piece of casting, Hazel's daughter Sally played Elizabeth as a youngster in flashback scenes. Sally's father was the Irish actor Dermot Walsh, whom Hazel Court was married to for 14 years. What's not so touching, however, was the Scottish actor Robert Urquhart's reaction to the finished movie. Is this your creature of superior intellect? Your perfect physical being, this animal? Ask it a question of advanced physics. It's got a brain with a lifetime of knowledge behind it. It should find it simple. Shall I tell you something, Paul? There you see the result of your handiwork as much as mine. Oh, yes. I gave him life. I put a brain in his head. But I chose a good brain, a brilliant one. It was you who damaged it. You who put a bullet in the wretched thing. This is your fault, Paul. Do you understand that? Your fault. Yes, I understand. But you won't win, Paul. And shall I tell you why you won't win? Because I shall carry on. If I can't cure it by brain surgery, then I'll get another brain. And another. And another. No, Victor. No, you will not. Paul! Paul, what are you going to do? your sake and to protect Elizabeth, I've so far kept silent. But now I shall go to the authorities and have them destroy that creature and see that you pay for these atrocities. No! Urquhart portrayed Baron Frankenstein's tutor and friend, Paul Kremp. His character served as the conscience of the story, so to speak. What's ironic is that Robert didn't just abhor the creation of Frankenstein's monster on the big screen. He was left feeling disgusted by what he had seen at the screening of the film, 
which explains why Urquhart never worked for Hammer again. Nor did he appear in any more horror movies for that matter. The Curse of Frankenstein wasn't the first movie that Terence Fisher had directed for Hammer. That was The Last Page, aka Manbait, which was made back in 1952. However, this one, along with the next, Dracula, were undoubtedly his two most important pictures. His other screen gems include The Hound of the Baskervilles from 1959, The Brides of Dracula from 1960, The Curse of the Werewolf from 1961, and The Devil Rides Out from 1968. Another intriguing fact is that Fisher had neither seen The Universal Frankenstein nor read Mary Shelley's book prior to directing the movie. He turned down the opportunity to do either, which only enhanced his levels of originality and creativity on this film. The Curse of Frankenstein divided the critics on its release. For example, the Daily Telegraph simply labelled it for sadists only, whereas the 15th of May 1957 edition of Variety stated, well deserves its horrific rating and praise for its handling of the macabre story. Aside from the marvellous acting, direction and storytelling, the spotlight also shines brightly on the exquisite cinematography of Jack Asher, the stirring music of James Bernard and the impeccable art direction of Bernard Robinson. The film was shot at Bray Studios in Berkshire between the 19th of November 1956 and the 3rd of January 1957. It went on general release in the UK on the 20th of May and in the US on the 20th of July 1957. It was distributed by Warner Brothers. The Curse of Frankenstein may not be Hammer's first foray in the horror genre, but it is certainly the granddaddy of them all. I'm Stephen Archibald, and thank you very much for listening to my podcast, They Came From Within, Cult Movie Reviews. If you're a Facebook listener, and you would like to support me, you can simply do so by either listening to or downloading some of my episodes online. Thanks again for listening, and take care for now. Come back! Elizabeth, the lovely cousin who had promised to marry him, and Justine, the maid, who kept passionate and secret rendezvous with her master. Won't you understand you're in real danger? What Victor is doing is dangerous to everyone in the house. Now you cannot possibly conceive what dreadful thing he's planning to do. What are you trying to tell me, Paul? That Victor's wicked? Insane? Wicked? Insane? Evil? Call Frankenstein what you will. A demon had made a man-made monster. And now, the monster was the master. Paul, what are you going to do? For your sake and to protect Elizabeth, I've so far kept silent. But now I shall go to the authorities and have them destroy that creature. And see that you pay for these atrocities. No! No! No!